Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. stuff on the bagel or it's just the bagel no no it's whatever you want oh. yeah, yeah like oh. in the morning perfect you know, give it to me i will i well bacon egg and cheese on a plain bagel or possibly an asiago bagel or if i'm not in the bacon mood pork roll wow wow okay these are outside the box people never say plain but i like a plain bagel plain bagels a um, solid bagel emily what about you? Um, I am either a bacon, egg, and cheese on an everything bagel or a cream cheese and tomato on an everything bagel. Oh, cream cheese and tomato. That's an underrated combination. Really good. Dan, are you anti-everything bagel? Disgusting. Seemed that way. Oh. Disgusting. Wow. Disgusting. How do you feel about everything but the bagel seasoning? Are you think that's gross too? Disgusting. Oh my god! Oh, yeah, yeah, smell. Oh, oh, the smell. That. The smell is awful. You have an immature palate, Dan. Come on, that's great. Child, um, <laughs> palate of children over here. Nobody asked, but I'll tell you mine. I go in there. I say hi. How are you? I say I'm an everything bagel, scooped out. You know, mm. cows in, cows out. Got to be careful. Uh, with egg whites, cheese, and hot sauce, make it skippy, and then I and it's an everything bagel, and it's great. That's what I get. Do you know what I think is crazy? Tell me. Sometimes if you're ordering a bacon, egg, and cheese, you go in and you say, I'll have a bacon, egg, and cheese on an everything bagel, correct? Or a plain bagel, right? Yes. Sometimes people call and say, can I have a plain bagel with bacon, egg, and cheese on it? And I'm like, who orders a sandwich like that? That's weird. The, the order of operations is all mixed up there. That's weird. Yeah. And then it's this happens where you work? Yes. That's that's awful. And so um, then I'm like, oh, I got to rewrite it. But it's fine. But I just never, I don't understand that. All right. Um, on today's show, let's really break it down. Uh, lots of Damian Lillard stuff. A few things about Ben Simmons. We're going to be reading tweets, of course. Uh, depth stuff. Uh, we'll talk about the finals. We'll talk about the Phillies. We'll talk about the Bachelorette. That's pretty much what you have in store. Biggest thing that happened, I believe, was on Friday. Henry Abbott of True Hoop um, reported, source Blazer star Damian Lillard to request a trade in days to come. If this is a surprise, you haven't been, pay been paying attention. Now, 
Abbott lately has been reporting tons of stuff about Portland and the shit going on there, which is all awful. Um, he had something about the uh, owner there who is like sexually harassing people, which is not good. Um, you know, Neil Olshay being just like sort of sleazy and, and shitty um, and how they've just sort of mishandled uh, this franchise and Dame's Prime. Um, so yeah, anyway, uh, Abbott says uh, Lillard is going to ask for a trade in a few days. Um, I guess we can start there. Now, this isn't from Woj or Shams or uh, Chris Haynes. Um, we're going to get to some reporting that, that Chris Haynes did, but I want to know like how much, obviously, of course, he didn't take it back, and we can talk about how Dame gave comments. He said that that report is not true, and he also said, I haven't made any firm decisions on what my future will be. So let's talk about that report itself. Uh, Emily, do you believe it? Do you, uh, do you know much about Henry Abbott? I mean, for me, he's been around forever. Like, True Hoop has been a thing for a really long time. It was a part of ESPN, and now it's, I, I believe, just a uh, sort of independent thing. Um, but he doesn't, he's not a fake report guy. Like, he, there, there are some people on Twitter, especially, that uh, always are like, source, this is about to happen. Not Scoopy, he's pretty airtight, but people similar. Um, I, To my knowledge, I don't know that Abbott is a guy to just make this up for no reason. So, Emily, what's your reaction to that report? How much do you believe it, especially in the context of what Dame said? I mean, I still believe it. I think until Dame asks for the trade or gets, I mean, he's not going to like ask for the trade unless he gets some reassurance. Like, I don't think all of the the details are hammered out where it's like, you can ask for a trade and we'll get you to one of these teams you like. Like, I think it's still too early for that. So I don't think he's going to show all of his cards until like plan is laid out exactly how he wants to. And until then he's just going to deny everything. Um, right. Like you said, I, I don't think that this is like a fake report. I just think it's like a little early, I guess that for for there to be like further company confirmation based on dame's actions so the important context is that obviously dame is playing for team usa right now and he spoke the the quote that i read you about how he's not made any decisions about his future that was read at like a team usa practice like this is not generally how this goes like i feel like it's rare for a guy to ask for a trade in the midst of like the whatever journey to tokyo or whatever matisse calls it um yeah, I, I mean, I, pretty much everybody was saying, Dave's about to talk in a half hour. He's not going to say, yes, I want to be traded. Like, it, it seemed like pretty pretty standard stuff that he would say that. And to me, the bigger quote is, I have made no decisions about my future, which is like, if you want to just be on that team, it seems like an easy decision and it wouldn't be that tough. Uh, Frank Isola uh, also reported that uh, new head coach Chauncey Billups and Neil Olshay would meet with Dame on Friday in Las Vegas. Um, and Dame confirmed that that meeting was going to happen. We haven't had a report from that meeting, but as with the, you know, uh, Rich Paul with uh, Daryl meeting, these things don't generally happen and lead to a happy ending. Um, but we'll see, he has not officially asked for one and, and he has not publicly admitted that. Dan, what's your, what's your uh, response to the stuff that's been happening lately? Well, it's definitely kind of funny. I mean, his... His, I don't want to say that he, I guess, refuted what Henry Abbott said, but 
usually if you were going to say that, you know, what was reported wasn't true, you would say, you know, not only have I not requested a trade yet, but I don't want to be traded. You know, he's mm -hmm. wrong. I don't want to be traded. <clears throat> and what he didn't say, you know, at this point is, you know, it was basically implied, which, you know, by saying I haven't made up my mind is saying I haven't decided if I'm going to ask for a trade yet, you know, as in I still exactly. might, which I don't think is something you hear a lot, honestly. I think I don't, you don't often find these reports where a star is like disgruntled enough to maybe ask for a trade, but hasn't asked for it. Like normally it's a lot of speculation. Like I feel like for the Harden stuff, it was like, will Harden ask for a trade? But that was from the fans. It wasn't Harden being like, well, I might ask for a trade. You better figure this out. And then it was like, as soon as we knew for sure, it was like Harden is asking for a trade. So this is like a weird in-between spot that I don't really see how it ends well for the Blazers. Like what move could they possibly make that satisfies him and makes him think they're contenders? He doesn't think they're contenders now. And I don't think they really have the ammunition. Like the star who's available is him. Right. In every team's mind, he's the star available. So how are they going to put a star next to him when the star the teams think is available is a guy on their team who is looking for another star? Um, and we've talked about that before. Like, we don't really I think we all agree. We don't really see a path for them to put a contender around him. Certainly not this year. Um, so it's interesting. It's kind of stuff that we saw coming a bit like in that, you know, we we thought it was kind of likely he'd ask out, but it's still exciting. Like I remember, you know, I was like, I flew out of bed that morning. I was like, you got it. I was like, you know, I sleep late right now. Cause I'm not, I'm not in school. And I was like, time to start the day. Got that notification. Right. Like, you know, I saw everyone talking about this Henry Abbott report and I was like, I'm up. And I'm, I'm the, I was on Twitter for hours after that, just watching, you know, scrolling, seeing if anything new would happen. Um, and eventually there was, a, the, you know, the Chris Haynes report and Dame's comments after practice, which, you know, didn't really fully refute it other than, you know, Not saying that it hasn't happened yet. Um, and I think it's exciting. Like, I, there were also the, um, you know, the reports about what his list would be, which are, you know, list of teams he wants to go to, which are from people that I don't think anyone actually trusts. But there are a lot Nobody's of people. Yeah. People I've never heard of. But it was honestly a lot of fun to... Um, you know, to, 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 these things are fun to me, you know, like I've, I've felt for a while that the Sixers are, are lacking like a true second star next to Embiid. Um, and like when one comes available, whether we land him or not, like, I know there are people and I totally understand this person as well, you know, but there are the people who are like, tell me when he's traded, you know, I'm not going to deal with all the rumors. It's not for me. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's for me. You know what I mean? Like, I love that stuff. Like, I I will pretend that I've heard of these people that I've never heard of if they say that Dame wants to go to the Sixers. You know, like, just all these, you know, accounts that don't know anything, I'll pretend they do. Like, I think it's so much fun. I love imagining, you know, what a Dame and, and B pairing could be. I loved imagining what a Harden mm -hmm. and a B pairing could be. Like, to me, that's just fun. Like, it's like the idea that these great players would – you know, feed off of each other. And, and I think that there's a real shot and I, I just think it's a ton of fun and I'm going to, and we'll talk about all the rumors on the pod, but I'm eating them up. I love it. So uh, uh, I want to get to a few more of what Dame actually said. He, he gave quotes to Chris Haynes who uh, let us not forget that Chris Haynes had a story very recently about how like 
how much longer will Dame be uh, loyal to Portland? Like, Dame did not like the that the fact that he was roped in with the Chauncey hire. He was like very clearly growing unhappy. Uh, Haynes himself has not said. I think that's who we'll hear it from. Honestly, when it actually happens, I think we'll hear from Haynes. Like he has requested a trade. Here's where he wants to go. Uh, in terms of his uh, his quote saying, you know, some, the reporter point blank asked him, "Do you think he'll be on Portland next season?" And he said, "Yes," which is, I think, probably what we would have expected him to say. Uh, Shams tweeted. Uh, on uh, November 11th of 2020, this was after Russell Westbrook demanded a trade out of Houston. Uh, he tweeted, Houston's James Harden remains committed to the Rockets and is, quote, locked in for the season, sources tell Kelly, Iko, and me. So it's like, this is sort of how the script, and how the script goes. Like this, it gets reported that, that this might happen and could happen. The player denies it until they're ready to actually request a trade. To me, this would be a little early in the offseason. The finals are still going on. The Olympics are happening. Like, the draft isn't here just yet. It feels like it would be a little bit early for him to officially ask for this. In his quotes, he said, uh, this is via Sean Hyken, who's had a bunch of stuff about, like, Neil O'Shea possibly being at risk now, and they're just, like, in a lot of flux. Dame said, I don't disagree that maybe Chauncey can change our team and make us a better team. But I think if you look at our team as it is, I don't see how you say this is a championship team. We just need a new coach. That is basically literally what Neil Olshay said in the end of the year press conference. He fired Terry, Terry Stotts. Which was, which was ridiculous, said, by the way. It was an insane thing to say, but, but it was him saying, don't blame me. You know what I mean? It was Scott saying, or it was uh, Olshay saying, don't blame yeah. me. He's this, this idiot coach. Like, he, this is a directly like conflicting thing with what uh, Olshe said, which is that it was a coach's fault and that the roster is good enough. Uh, in within what he told to Chris Haynes uh, is this passage. He said, "I just walked away from that meeting, the series where they lost the uh, sort of shorthanded Nuggets team in the playoffs. I just walked away from that really disappointed. I was like, man, this just isn't going to work. We're not winning the championship, but we've got a successful organization." We're not a franchise that's just out here losing every year and getting divided. We have positive seasons. We just don't end up with a championship. So I feel like at this point, I basically made the decision that if you do what you've always done, you'll always be where you've always been. Um, Emily, what do you think? Like, what sort of percentage chance would you give it that he's about to ask for one this offseason? Or what? How, how likely do you think it is that he's basically just saying – change the roster around me. Now, I think that he's a smart guy and he can probably see like, what is the move that's going to make Portland a championship contender? Like CJ's good and a lot of teams would trade for him, but you're not getting like another star next to Dame. You know, I honestly don't even think they would get Ben for, for Dame. I don't think that's what Daryl wants to do. For um, CJ. That's right. That's right. For CJ. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, Emily, what do you think? Um, about the likelihood that it's this summer? Um, I think that it's pretty high. I would say like 75, 25. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That he, that it's this summer. Um, I just think he's like, I don't know. I can't imagine how it's probably similar, close to similar how Joel feels, but probably worse because Joel's had like, been out for some playoff series and like things have fallen apart but like literally every playoff series that the Blazers lose or win and then lose like there's like 
two games where Dame takes over and everyone is like, I am having a religious experience watching (laughs) this man play basketball. Like what is happening? And then they lose like that. Like he's doing everything. And it's not like the roster has been the exact same every year. Granted, he's saying we need another like more players, but it's not like they've kept it exactly the same. And this is what's happened. Mm -hmm. So like they could just change it up or tweak it a little like, there have been different iterations of these Blazers team and every year game does these like un these like godly things and they, you know, lose in the first round or the second round or whatever. So I think that he kind of sees the writing on the wall that he needs to find another star to play with and that the moves to get that star to Portland, probably it's going to be a lot harder for to make that happen than for him to go somewhere else. Cause he just has a lot more control of him going somewhere else than him like pulling the strings to get another player in Portland. To me, it just seems like it's all sort of happening at the same time. There's all these reports that he's sort of sick of not being a contender in Portland. And then you combine it with like the series that they just had where they lost to Denver in a series that really they should have won because Denver is so short-handed. And all of the like problems in the front office and the head coach thing that like it feels like it feels like it's all adding up to like he's obviously a very loyal guy. He talks about being loyal, and it feels like this might be the point at which he goes like, at what point am I giving so much to this franchise that isn't really meeting me halfway? So um, it's not impossible that he's that he's going to be on the Blazers game one. I think it's unlikely, given what we're reading and and even what he's saying, which is he's very reluctant to make any strong sort of commitment. Uh, and combined with, I don't think that Abbott made that up out of thin air then what sort of uh what sort of chance do you think it is that, that it's this summer and that this is going to happen uh if you can separate that from what you'd like to happen if you like can look at it objectively from like what you think is going to happen with Dane. yeah i like emily's number more than what's actually in my head and i feel like it's just me like hedging just, emotionally it, it might be partly that right like it might very much be me saying like I don't, you know, as much as I think about it, which is like every day, I don't want to bank on it happening. Um, I think the number's probably closer to like 40, 60 or 35, 65. Like, even if we're talking like, even Harden started the year with the Rockets and that was a lot less amicable than this is. Um, And it's just, you know, even if he asks out, I'm not sure, like, is he, first of all, it might not happen right away, although I would love it to. But, like, is he going to ask for a trade, like, over the offseason uh, or, you know, even early in the offseason, right? Like, how long is he going to give them to try to figure something out, right? Because right now, at least publicly, he's asking for change. He's not asking for um, – he's not asking for a trade. But the issue is the biggest change they can make is by trading him. Like, that is – the biggest change that that organization can make is to trade him and rebuild. And – And to be fair to Portland a bit, the team around him is not bad. Like, CJ is very good. (laughs) CJ is like a top 30 at worst player. If not, like, you know, at his best, he's definitely top 25, right? And, like, Covington's really solid. Nurkic is really solid when he's healthy. Like, there's decent players on this team. And Lillard is like incredible and was incredible in the playoffs. And part of their issue, like they should have beaten Denver probably, you know, CJ really struggled in the playoffs, but you know, he doesn't do that every year. He's been good in the playoffs before. Um, But, but like, 
Lillard is, I think, you know, when we talk about like Lillard is a lot better than the 20th best player in the league as, you know, maybe the 10th best player, right? If Lillard's the 10th best player, he's way better than 20, which is probably Middleton who I love. Right. But is, but Lillard is so much better. But when you talk about like one through three, they're so much better than Lillard and to really compete and they've made runs, right? Like they've been to the conference finals and a conference finals, no one thought they could win and they didn't Um, Mm -hmm. like to really compete. He needs another true superstar with him. And like, that's not to take away from him. Like no one's doing it on their own, but he doesn't have an awful team, but he's not, he's not LeBron, right? Like he's not going to just, he's not just going to carry them all the way. Like, him and Embiid, I think, are a logical fit, right? Like, the Blazers aren't getting someone of Embiid's caliber, but how soon is Lillard going to say, okay, clearly we're not getting someone of that caliber, even though I think he understands it's what they need. And then with that time, how how long are they going to take to trade him, right? They're not going to be in a rush to dump him. They're going to basically, you know, he has a ton of years left on his deal, um, and they're going to take their time and try to get the best offer they can and, and possibly wait till a team gets desperate. And, you know, I don't see Lillard being disrespectful just because he's, you know, he seems to have a relationship with the city and, and that relationship will probably continue even after he's traded. I'm sure he'll retire a blazer and he's the best player in, you know, in the franchise's history possibly. So like, I don't see it being anything messy where they're like, have to get him off the roster ASAP. And so I think just with all those things, with with Lillard maybe giving them a chance, and and with the Blazers, you know, not being in a rush to just dump him because he's I don't think he's going to be some kind of locker room disaster. I think that there's chances better that he's on the team to start the year than not. Um, but I would love it if I'm wrong. I I I obviously much prefer Emily's number in that like I. I either want Dame on the Sixers. This is the same thing I said about Harden. Like, I want Dame on the Sixers very badly. But if we can't get him, at least, like, put me out of my misery and, like, let me know. You know, like, just make the um, trade. Just trade him so I don't fantasize about it forever. Um, I think the other thing Portland probably runs into is, like, okay, they're, like, reading all these team leads. And if, let's say Dame is earnestly and honestly saying, like, make the team better around me or I'm out of here. Like, First of all, they're probably realistic in that that leap in personnel is probably not available. And now you've got a first-year head coach. But, like- but hang on, let, let, me, let, me, let me throw this your way. Because Olshay seems to think that they're a contender now. Like, he seems to right? disagree with Dame yeah. in that, like, Dame thinks they're not good enough to win. And Olshay seems to think they are. So, like, is it possible that there's just a miscommunication? Like, Lillard, Lillard says exactly what you say he'll say, which I think he will. And Olshay makes some kind of move that anyone from the outside would consider minor, but he thinks this team is better than it is. And he's like, great, we did it. We're contending now. And then there's some kind of like disharmony there. Like, do you, do you see oh, that yeah. as being no, realistic? No, I, I, I think that's a real dis- disconnect right now. It's very clear that like Olshay and Dame are not aligned on what the Blazers should have done in this playoff and, and what their actual talent level is. Um, the other thing that you might have to weigh if you're Portland and you're looking at like the 10 year, you know, 10 years from now, where's the franchise? Like, do you trade CJ and a ton of shit to get a guy that is not going to get him over the top and Dame's going to actually leave anyway? Like my guess is that they would try to do that because you try to keep Dame as long as you possibly can. Um, 
but again, you know, again, my, my guess would be that all of this is not happening out of coincidence and that there's going to be a big enough disconnect and that things are enough of a shit show in Portland right now for this to be where this has. And, you know, who knows if they'll try to drag it out. You know, I think that teams more and more are just going to have to get used to this. This is how it works. And like, they don't want an ugly situation. Now, Dame is a different sort of personality, it seems, than Harden. But even still, I, I don't think they want him holding out or not showing up. And I think that it's, they would probably just have to come to a, an agreement there. So uh, we'll see. This is all, it's all happening. And, and, you know, like Dan and Emily said, I'm very excited to have this to talk about because he's incredible. And, and, uh, and yeah, so obviously not done talking about Dame. But we have more to talk about with him. But we'll also talk about Ben Simmons. Uh, all right. First, we'll go to our buddy Harrison Grimm, who was on Spotify Green Room with uh, Mark Stein of formerly of the New York Times. Now he has his own sort of thing. Uh, he basically said that a Ben Simmons deal is inevitable, in his opinion. Um, I also wanted to read this quote from Alex Kennedy from uh, October of 2018. Shooting threes isn't my main goal at all. I mean. I'm not even where I want to be when it comes to finishing at the rim or my post finishes. I'm still getting better at that. Once I'm good at that, no, then, you're not. You're getting worse then, than that. Sorry. Then I'll probably expand my game. Uh, this leads me to a hoops hype report where they said uh, Simmons, I've heard, has been in the gym working. He just he does recognize there is a part of his game he needs to address with his shooting. Um, this is all sort of. You recognize him. What do you think tipped uh, him off? It, it's all. It's been the same problem for four years. So I don't know. That that doesn't really do much for me. Like on one hand, I feel bad for him because it's like, okay, now I'm working out, and that's not okay too. It's like I, I'm I'm just over the thing. Like I, I'm, you know, no, thank you. But um, Emily, do you give any credence to the report that Ben uh, is working out? You're shaking no. your head. Great. Like yeah. I, what it? <laughs> I don't just know. show me, like, like show, you know. I hope you're not of showing me not. At, at Camden, but like, who the fuck would be romanced by a report that Ben is working on his game? It's like, and also, like, what else is he supposed to say? Exactly. Like, Ben Simmons is taking the summer off after a successful playoff run <laughs> to enjoy time in his new Los Angeles mansion, which doesn't have right. a basketball court, so he is not working. It doesn't on have it. a basketball hoop. Right. Like, what else is he going to do? And there's such a disconnect between what he says. Uh, even on Media Day, I think it was two years ago, Media Day, they're asking him about his shooting and the evolution of his game. And he said, if I'm open, I'll shoot. Like, you know, this Lies. is just craziness and yeah, right there, there are people on twitter who would respond to this by saying who needs jump shots who needs to score on offense he passes the ball to all his friends and then they shoot the ball and it's like sure we can probably demand a bit more uh and 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 any sort of argument that tries to frame his uh atlanta series as a good one where he was maybe the best sixer in that series i would invite those people to actually watch the basketball game because i think you're going to be surprised uh, also, hang on, hang on. I do want to say real quick. Every, literally, everyone's going to think you're straw manning here. Um, someone did say that in the podcast Twitter's replies, saying that in Game Seven, Ben Simmons was by far the it best is. six. No, I'm not making this up. Yeah, but yeah, Steve, Steve isn't just saying this like to be like ridiculous. Like someone did say this to us. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, let's. Uh... 
Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Let's go to this thing from um, Michael Greger said this uh, interesting stuff out of Miami on Ben Simmons uh, from Israel Gutierrez. So I believe it's still at, yeah, he's at ESPN. Uh, this is the quote from Israel Gutierrez. I just, this oh is a God. wild quote. And, and, and I will say ahead of time, not one that I put any stock into. Uh, here's a quote. People don't like Ben Simmons in the league. His teammates don't like Ben. There's just something about him. He is an unlikable dude. <laughs> and in that locker room, he's unlikable. This is why. Did he date Maya Jama? Is this like a problem? I don't know. <laughs> this is like, uh, listen, who the fuck knows who likes who? Like, I, I don't get the, listen, he doesn't seem like a very cuddly and friendly guy to everybody. He's clearly reserved in a way, but uh, something personal of course the big joke after this was the report out of Miami came directly from Jimmy Butler funny 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 <laughs> um, I don't put any real stock into it like Ben plays video games with his NBA pals online I don't fucking know um, uh, yeah I don't, I don't have much uh, on this other than I figured we might as well bring it up because it was a wild quote Dan uh, I believe that you're on the record that you don't necessarily believe this no, I don't, I don't believe yeah. that. Like, I don't know who it came from or if it was made up or what. Um, but like, no, Ben's, I'm like one of the, the loudest Ben critics out there besides like the people who literally just say ridiculous things about him all the time. Um, I think I'm like a, a very loud, re- reasonable critic, although some people would disagree with reasonable. Um, <laughs> I have no issue with like Ben as a guy. Like Ben seems like like a cool guy. I I have no problem with him. I've said it like a lot of times on the podcast. Um, even like while I was trying to get Ben Simmons traded, or while I was still upset that he wasn't traded, or like while I was upset with his play. Like Ben's a cool dude. Ben does a lot of cool things. Like uh, off the court, I really don't have an issue with him. His house is really cool. Uh, it was cool. He was dating Kendall Jenner. All these things that some people get mad about, I think, are really cool. No problem with Ben at all like he i he plays like you said he plays video games like half the league um i i don't i know him and Embiid weren't like besties but they seem to be getting along better this year and they never definitely never hated each other like i'm not i don't really buy that that he has like some kind of personality where just everyone hates him unlikable it's not i don't think he's unlikable i think he's fine he's definitely reserved which is not the same as unlikable people are allowed to be reserved um all my issues with Ben are on the court. I, if I saw, and if I saw signs of it, then I would say, well, maybe there's something to this, but there's really nothing to suggest that like his teammates don't like him or that players don't like him. I think that a lot of people like Ben and 
if Ben played basketball how I hoped he would, I would like Ben a lot. I think Ben is a cool dude and has done cool things. Um, he supported the Egg Boy. That was a that was a classic. Sure. Um, no, I think I think Ben's a cool guy. I I really I'm just not buying that at all. It was such an aggressive quote. It was a real heat check for it was it was like why it was um, I don't so know was how he, you was he saying that like a source told him this? Is he didn't that say what, source? He was like he's unlikable. I don't like you how know, do, I guess you better like have talked tweet. to the entire team to say that. Yeah. Um it's crazy. I, I will say, uh, Emily, you'll uh, go to you next, but people think that Dan and, and this podcast in general might be anti-Ben. Who is the number one handsomest sixer coming into the year? I, I rest my case. Thank you very much. I did um, vote Isaiah Joe, and I voted Ben too. Just saying. Me well, and Steve yeah. put Ben one, and so we... Uh, well, hey, we... Ben, ben two is no insult either. Ben's a handsome man. Guys, after those Tyrese Maxey pictures today, we might need to do a redraft because... Truly. He looks nice. I don't, Tyrese with I, some steamy pics on Instagram. Steamy pics were, on the gram. Not fit for work, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Emily, um, uh, do you think that that difference is an unlikable human being? I mean, what a ridiculous thing to say. It is. And honestly, when we talked about this quote in our like group chat, I was like <laughs> the one trying to like drum up evidence that this is an accurate I quote. I was I like, know. let me tell you all the reasons no one likes Ben. But it is like just wild and like aggressive he said, and he, I didn't, just, he said he didn't go on a danny green's podcast <laughs> i said he said i said even joel went on danny green's podcast right. ben did. Yeah. um but i don't i don't think ben ever got the big energy chain either i'm just saying yeah um but i so wait are we saying the quote came from danny green oh maybe no but danny green just made those fakakta comments about the sixers fans to defend him I don't but know. he also made bad comments about Ben before that. He He's just all over the place. He's, He's all over the place. I just want to start making up stuff and putting it on Twitter. I just think that would be fun. But I couldn't even have come up with right. something this wild. Like, I don't know. Here's the thing about Jetty Osmond. He is hateable. <laughs> Nobody likes him. I've ever met. Everybody hates him. Um, or just like he is so bad at Warzone and no one wants to play with him. <laughs> <laughs> and they let their kids play with him and pretend it's them because he's so bad That's at That's hilarious. I love that. It's I'm like, going to uh, start Deuce, that rumor. It's like Jason Tatum's son, Deuce, playing him when he thinks he's playing Tatum. That'd be really good. Um, all right. Well, that was that. Um, Matt Carey, who is a former Liberty Baller and a really good follow, he's at real Matt Carey uh, on Twitter. Um, he said something that I think we wanted to talk about a couple weeks ago. He said, I think... Being happy that you're trading Ben without any idea of who they'll get back is really short-sighted. I'm optimistic that there are Ben trades out there that will actually help rather than make them take a step back in hopes of going forward, but I'm not sure of it. I think that this is a reasonable take that I don't really agree with. Um, I, man, there's just a human element to it that I just can't stand it anymore. I'm over it. I, I can't do it anymore. And I, and I also think from a team aspect, there's also a, a human element to that. Um, I don't think Ben is bad. I think especially in the regular season, he helps you win games. There's no doubt about it. Like I would have had him for defensive player of the year. I think he's like really, really good. And I think it's over in Philadelphia. I think that, uh, you know, Joel Embiid having teammates, none of whom refuse to score the ball would be a wonderful thing I, i'm looking forward to seeing what that is like um i totally get that you know 
you know, and maybe Matt is operating on the assumption that the value will be such that you can't trade him for anybody that's actually good. I don't believe that to be true. Uh, you know, based on the reports that I've been reading, like I'm sort of confident that they will get a good guy for Ben. However they do it, whether that means they have to attach stuff to Ben for a guy like Dave, um, or whether they get somebody like Levine or, or whomever else, that, that would be a big help. So, uh, yeah, I don't agree with it. I, 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 I'm done with it. I think that the Sixers are done with it, too. Um, and, and honestly, I think that Ben's probably done with being in Philadelphia, too, which I don't blame him for that specific thing. Um, Emily, where are you at with uh, what Matt said? Um, I kind of agree with him. But I also, I guess I agree with your point that it's a reasonable take, but I do think that I, like, I agree with what he's saying if on like a level, but I also think that Ben will be gone. So then I think it doesn't, it's not like a relevant, it's not a relevant (laughs) quote because I think that he'll be gone. So I don't think that I need to worry about like just trading Ben for nothing. Cause I think that we will get him for something that right. does make us better. So I think it's just going to be, all be okay. So that's the tricky part. Like, no, I wouldn't trade him for nobody. Like I wouldn't no. lease him and I wouldn't trade him for some like sixth man. Of course not. Um, but basically we're operating under the assumption that they will trade him for a player that is commensurate with Ben's current talent level. So that right. that's why I feel like it's a positive, like when he gets traded and I can confidently say that now. Uh, Dan, what do you say to this? Well, first of all, I'm with you guys in that I agree that we're going to get something good for Ben. Um, and I also, you know, to Steve's point, I agree that, like, it's reasonable what he said, which is, like, you know, we don't want to trade Ben for nothing. Um, but I, I fully don't expect that we will. That said... When he's traded, which I, I, I hopefully, you know, I'm okay in saying that this is a when and not an if at this point. Um, when he's traded, I will be happy for who we get, you know, regardless of where I used to view them in comparison to Ben, I think we're going to get a useful player. And I will also completely separately from that, be happy that Ben is gone, um, which is not to say that Ben is bad, um, although he was certainly bad in the playoffs. Um, I'm just so ready to move on. Let's try different problems. You know, like, is this team going to win? Maybe not. You know, maybe, maybe we don't have it, but like, let's lose that a different means way. Off ball defense is bad. Love it. Let's talk. Right. About, right. You know? let's, like, lose, sure. let's lose a different way. Right. I'm so <laughs> sick of why we lose. And I, I like, people are going to say like, you know, Oh, well, Ben was hurt last year and look, we got swept in the first round and like, yes, you're right. And I'm not trying to cut Ben. I'm not trying to take him off the roster. I'm not trying to do that. But in the second one, we've gotten to the second round in bought against Boston against Toronto and oh my God, against Atlanta somehow. Yeah. It has been so evident what the issues are. And it's Ben. And there's obviously issues around Ben, right? Like, no team is perfect. Like, and everyone's like, okay, the coach did this. And every year it's like, the 10th man was doing this. Greg Monroe did this. Dwayne Howard did that. And it's like, but every year it's Ben. It's also Ben. Like, yes, the 10th man is not great. And, like, the coach could have done something better, but it's Ben, and it's Ben doing the same bad thing all the time. And, like, that's fine if we – and 
And I'm not trying to cut him. I'm not preferring that Boston series where we got swept in the first round. Like, I want another good player. But I'm going to be relieved when, like, we can put a contender out there and I know we're not going to lose for the same reason we've always lost. And, like, I've been a huge Ben believer, not during this podcast. I'm not trying to pretend, like, go back and pretend (laughs) that. But, like, when Ben was a rookie, when Ben's second year, like, before that Toronto series – and even at times last season, I've been like, I really see it. Like he's, he's playing great. I see it. And obviously like guys take time to make the leap, but the issue is Ben isn't taking steps. He's it, like, we can't even talk about making a leap when like he was a top 30 player when he came in and he's still like roughly a top 30 player. Like I'm, I'm not, I don't want to do this to myself anymore. I I'm so sick of like, knowing why we'll lose like I remember getting in Twitter arguments to start the year of like why I did not believe in the Sixers as a contender and it was about like it's partly about Doc you know Doc is a bad player partly about Tobias like mostly about Ben Ben is the second guy and like even in a year where the Sixers overperformed and had an easy path I was somehow right about the playoffs like I even like was looking going into the playoffs like well Obviously, they'll make the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, obviously, like, I underthought some things. And then they still happened to, like, prove my original thing right. And it was like, I, I don't want to do it anymore. And I will be happy he's gone. And, like, if we get a bad return, I will be upset. Like, I'll be bummed. But, like, I'll in some way be relieved. I won't have high expectations. But, like, I'll be relieved we're not going to lose in the same infuriating way the next year. Like, I'm, I want him gone. Like, I'll be happy he's gone. A quick interjection. Uh, in this conversation, Evan Massey. I think he's a faker. I don't know this guy and no offense. I've heard he's a faker. I think he's a faker, but here's the news from him. Uh, he said, per a league source to Hoop Analysis Net, the Philadelphia 76ers are expected to pursue Doug McDermott in free agency. So take that for what you will. I think I like McDermott. Me too. He's good. Um, but again, Massey. I think he's a faker. If he's not, I'm so sorry. This is very rude of me, but I think he's a faker. Um, Dan, you said something that sort of leads us into a depth versus stars thing. Like we have talked about, you know, uh, I, I wrote about after the season about how we care so much about the backup center because basically Ben uh, refuses to shoot and and has the same problems he's always had. Um, we lust after Luke Cornett because he's like a seven foot guy who can shoot, but can't do anything else. Like basically the, where I come down on this sort of debate is that if the Sixers stars were better, we would care so much less about the depth. Like there would be guys like James Ennis and Mike Scott and like all of these guys that would be better because they would be in roles that suit them better because the second best player on the team would be guaranteed to get you 20 points a game and play good and, and, you know, do well enough with the other things, um, you know, because a lot of what you're talking about is if you trade for Dame, you're going to have to gut the depth. And that will suck for me mainly on, A, an emotional level, because I really love Maxi, I really love Thibel. Um, And also basketball-wise, like, I think the two of them are, like, game changers and will be. And, like, I'm very confident that they're going to be really good for a long time. Uh, I would still do it in a heartbeat because I think that you need to – have a player of that level, if you can, to win a title. And I would have confidence in the Sixers finding guys to play enough minutes off the bench because I would have such confidence in their top two guys. 
you know, I would have such confidence in Dame and, and of course, Joel. Um, Emily, where do you come down on this sort of debate as it comes to depth versus uh, versus the stars and in the context of, of what we're talking about with Dame? I think I've said this before and I, my, all my arguments always have to do with like, but if we, do, if we knew that we didn't win, then we wouldn't do it. And that's just like the dumbest argument ever. Cause obviously <laughs> uh, yeah, if we, we know we don't win, week, yeah. <laughs> win yeah. a title, then we won't do it. Um, I think I'm a little bit more hesitant than either of you are on the, the depth versus star thing. I just, I just am a, I'm risk averse and I'm just afraid that if we go all in and we lose all of our young people and all of our assets, and then God forbid something happens and someone doesn't stay or someone gets hurt. And then we just suck. And it's like, well, we tried, but then we still suck. And I don't know how we climb out of that afterwards mm-hmm. um so that's why I just I'm willing to to give a lot for Dame but I would just love to keep like like I don't want to do like Matisse and Maxi and like I want to keep one of them like can we just mm-hmm. keep one of them and then I'll I'll feel a little better I don't know if that if keeping one of them gets the the deal done though so I don't know but that's I think I mean, where yeah for me when you say that like in all of these like hypothetical trades i'd so much rather give another pick and make it far out as far out as they want then give maxi or matisse like because i we've yeah. seen those guys and we know that they can play like I, I would much rather do that now you probably beggars can't be choosers that sort of thing like you might not be able to do that at the end of the day but um i also think the Sixers have a number of different ways they could make the thing work for portland um depending on what portland wants you know because the Sixers now have young guys that are coveted in the league they are basically pick neutral um and they have Simmons who you know Portland might want to take a shot on a guy with with Simmons sort of resume uh Dan the star versus depth thing I think that you and I are rather closely aligned on this one yeah I mean when it comes to to Maxi and Matisse of course I mean I would try very hard to keep at least one of them I mean that said, my line is is nowhere. Like my line, like to get Lillard is like, is Joel still on the team? Great, do it. Um, but I would love to have one of them. I think they're both. I mean, I am in, in full agreement that they're both very good. I think that like Maxi is a future like quality starting point guard, which I think says a lot. Like that takes. That's not like a light thing to say. Like he's not like. I think that's different than like a quality starting wing. Like that takes a lot of skills to be able to like, I see him running an offense someday. And I do. Um, and I love what he brought in the playoffs. I thought that he was, he showed so much heart. Um, I think Matisse is going to be better when Ben's gone. So like, I would love to keep him in a Ben trade. Like, you know, I obviously I'd love to have both, um, but neither of them are where I draw the line. Um, I just think that like the teams that win every year have the star power. Um, even when you look at, Milwaukee, like Milwaukee is not a team you think of as having two stars, but like when Middleton gives you the occasional 40 point game and just like outright wins a game by getting hot, like that's a star. Like that is, that's a guy you need. And like, obviously Lillard's, you know, I, I kind of made this random comparison earlier, like Lillard's way above that. And I think that Embiid is at Giannis level. Um, I think Embiid looks better than Giannis if you give him the right teammates. Um, And so you know, I, I believe in that team and, and I'm not so worried about the death because um, I don't even think you'd like everyone points to Brooklyn. Like 
Brooklyn had no one. And then they got these big guys like, you know, Griffin was a great contributor. And like, even Mike James was decent. And like, I don't even need to go there. Like, that's a big market. That was like the, the title favorite. Like, obviously they're going to get free agents, but like a lot of like solid free agent players who are just out there are going to go to a team that can kind of contend, but also needs their position and can guarantee them like 20 minutes or 15 minutes. And like, that's what you saw from like Wes Matthews a few years ago when he went to the Bucs, when like the Bucs were the one seed, but no one really believed in them as a contender. That was the year the Raptors won. Um, and this year with Austin Rivers, like Austin Rivers went to Denver. Austin Rivers was not on a team. Like you can find those depth pieces out there. Um, and like, I don't think the difference between them, like, uh, long-term, I want Maxi. I love Maxi, right? But like, if you're talking about winning now, Still rather have Maxi, but like, is the difference between Maxi and Austin Rivers for the next two years that much different than the difference between like Dame and like Ben at your point guard? Like that difference, and, and I think Maxi's much better. And like, this might look like ridiculous. So like, if Maxi takes a big jump, and like, it's but it's not just specific to Maxi. It's just like when you talk about these bench guys, like you need a guy that can like. We don't need to run the all bench line. Right. I think we all agree on that. Like a guy who can play with the starters, who who has been in the league, who knows what they're doing. Those guys are out there that you can get and or you can trade for if, if you know, if they're going to leave their team anyway and you trade a second for them on an expiring. And like these guys are there. The Lillards are not there. Like this is, you know, this is rare that this guy becomes available and also wants to come to your team. Who knows if Lillard wants to come to our team? Yeah, I'm sure he'll be sent where he wants to go. You know, if he gives him five teams he likes, he'll be sent to one of them. If he gives him three, he'll be sent to one of them. Like, I want that guy. I think that guy yeah. is the big difference. He, that guy playing, you know, 40 minutes, 45 minutes in a game seven is way more important than his backup who's playing like eight or three minutes in that game seven, who's also probably a lot closer in skill and not going to have the offense totally run through him uh, like Dame Wood versus Simmons. I just think it's, it's such a huge deal and you need to get him. They, um, for years, they've said you need eight guys basically in the playoffs that like you need three bench guys who can play minutes. And other than that, your starters can carry you there. And the Sixers haven't had that. That's why Doc Rivers had to play 45 people in game seven. Um, Moving on, just a couple things to hit before we get out of here. Uh, the finals uh, last night for us was uh, game five. Giannis and the Bucks uh, beat the Suns, and now we're up 3-2. Obviously, we're Suns-leaning uh, podcast. We're rooting for uh, Rohan, and we're rooting for Streetcar, our, our buddies uh, who are who are Suns fans. So I would love that series to go seven. I would love to see Phoenix win it. I've been very impressed with Milwaukee. Uh, Drew, Holland, <laughs> Drew Holiday had a good game. And uh, people are talking about the process. I, I bow out of that. I don't really feel the need to talk about the fucking process at this point. Um, but I love Drew. I will always love Drew, and I'm happy to see him uh, have good games like that. Uh, Emily, any thoughts on the final? No, I agree with you. I don't need to talk about process and trading Drew or anything like that. Um, I think he's a great guy, and I, there's players I love on both teams and by on both teams. I mean, like I love Drew Holiday and I love Dario Sharch and that's, you know, players I love on both teams. <laughs> so um, I'd be happy for either of those guys to win. I just think the Suns are, are fun and it yeah. would be cool. It would just be a cool story 
for them. They were like not good, really bad two years ago. And then yeah. they had that bubble run and now they're, you know, in the finals. So that's really cool for them. And yeah, the, the games have been really fun. They've been, it's been a really good finals as much as people yeah. were complaining about like the teams that were in it and no big markets. And I mean, outside of Giannis, like no huge, huge stars, no LeBron's, no Katie's, no one like that. Um, the, the games have been really, really fun. Yeah. Daniel. Yeah, no, I agree that the games have been a lot of fun. Um, I also don't really get like the, like it ha- absolutely is a thing where people are like, well, they're not big markets. And like, I kind of don't get that. Like, isn't Phoenix like the fourth biggest city in the United States or something like that? Like Phoenix is enormous. Um, but that's besides the point. Um, I agree that the, um, all the talk about like, I don't want to talk about the process anymore. Like that was like four GMs ago. Like there was Hinky. You could argue five, right? Like it was Hinky and then it was Colangelo. And then it was the Brett, collaborative Brett. front office, yeah. basically mm-hmm. Brett Brown. And then it was Elton. And now it's Daryl. Like, that was like a lot. That was a long time ago. And like, I think we all believed in Hinky and we all believed in what he did. And we all believed that it worked out. You know, we're thrilled we have Joel. And that's like basically trumps everything. But like, why are we talking about that? Like, yeah, we I don't get are all the same too. None of, nothing has changed between now and then. Like, yes. Drew had a great finals game. Like, yeah. On. Not only is it silly yeah. in the sense that, like, obviously, I'd rather have Joel than Drew, and we weren't building around Drew. And like, Drew was one of Drew's one of my favorite Sixers ever. Like, I loved Drew when he was here, and I was sad when we traded him, even though I understood it. Like, I was just mm-hmm. sad to see him go. But like, what is? Why are we doing this? Like, the process was like. An, an idea from like five years ago or like eight years ago where it was like, we're going to get these guys and, and we're going to get picks and we're going to turn them into players. And like, we turn them into players and then we turn those players into other players at this point. Like this is so long ago. And when I think of this team back then, sure. Like talk about hinky and you might get me mad, but like, this is the only way you're going to get me mad is if you like say something about Joel at this point, like this is to me, this is Joel's team. Like, and, and if I'm going to defend the team, I'm going to be defending Joel and it's going to go through Joel. Like, I'm going to disagree with you, but you're not going to get me mad by talking about Hanky at this point. And like, I think what started this was like something D Lineham said this morning. And like, I love D Lineham. D Lineham's great. Um, but like, come on, like, this yeah. is, um, we're not, we're not doing this anymore. You know, we do say we're not doing this anymore, but if and when the Sixers win a title with Joel, we'll certainly be doing lots of process victory lapping um we're not doing it while we're losing no certainly not uh no thank you it's less fun of a conversation uh finally the Phils. i don't know if we have anything to say about those those won uh two games today they finished a suspended game and then they won their two games back of first place to the mets i hope they buy i don't really know how like all all of the minor league shit works in baseball anymore and I, i would love to have like a Phillies playoff run um, and I would love for them to trade for a center fielder so I don't have to watch Odubo Herrera. Um, I hope they buy. I hope they uh, win, win a lot of games. And, uh, I would love a playoff run. Uh, Emily, any, uh, anything on the field? Um, I second that. I would also like a playoff run. And, and I'd also like to put um, some bullpen guys on the, on the shopping yeah. list. Yeah. Uh, Dan? 
Yeah, the Phils have been fun lately, um, which takes a lot for me to like say that because I, I tend to not watch the games while they are awful. Um, but they've been a lot of fun. Um, I would like them to get some more uh, people who believe in vaccines so that they can hit the uh, vaccination Boy, threshold yeah. and not have to have their good players not play. Uh, is pretty pathetic. Aaron Nola, you are pathetic. Um, get your vaccine. This is ridiculous. Um, but besides that, the team's been a lot of fun. I agree that we should probably be um, getting rid of players who are domestic abusers, and that would be really nice. Um, the team is, has been fun lately, despite the fact mm-hmm. that like a lot of the players on the team are either anti-vaxxers or like their starting center fielder strangled his wife. So um, I would like them to get rid of the awful people and – or maybe maybe like the anti-vaxxers can get their vaccine and we get rid of Odubel at the very least. And like then I would really be all in. But the games have been a good time and there are now only two games back in the Mets, which is awesome. And I do want to add, um, I won and I've been betting on sports very unsuccessfully for like over a year now, year and a half. And I finally won a parlay. And it was only Congrats. two... It was only a two-leg parlay, and I won like $12, and that was it. But I parlayed the Phillies to win and the Pirates to beat the Mets like Saturday night. So when the Phillies game – when um, – when uh, oh, what's his name? Um, oh, he's awesome. The closer. He is uh, – he, he blew the save. I was very sad. Um, oh. Uh, Ranger Suarez. Ranger Suarez. Ranger Suarez, when he blew that save, and then they had the game suspended – and then the Pirates came all the way back to win. I was very nervous overnight. Um, and then the Phillies won this afternoon. Um, so I, I won the parlay. Uh, it was a very, probably the most minor parlay anyone could ever place. And it's kind of pathetic. I haven't won one before, but I'm just thrilled that I won these $12. It's a big deal to me. Very happy for you. Um, we can't talk about the Bachelorette because Dan is uh, embarrassingly behind. So uh, just, I can cover my ears if you want. <clears throat> that's okay. Um, get caught up tomorrow night there or tonight when you're when you're listening to this. There is a new episode, and, and we'd like to all be on the same page from here on out. Finally, I remind the listeners that we're doing another draft live stream that will be happening on YouTube that you can watch, and then subsequently will come out as an episode of Dan and Sean's podcast talking about podcasts. We'll be doing a uh, flyer that will come out um sometime probably uh next week the week of the draft uh starting uh monday next week but anyway i think that is pretty much it for uh for me do you guys have anything else before we end the podcast follow us on twitter at gastro blues pod there you go emily um someone else watched space jam too so i can talk about it with someone yes yeah okay because oh, you can talk it about it now i'm never gonna watch it so <laughs> Do you have a quick take on Space Jam 2? Um, I laughed out loud a few times, which was a little embarrassing. There was this part where um, NECA's like spider lady in the game. This spoiler warning, everybody. Um, she They're playing like a video game version, so it's not real basketball. And she uses all of her spider legs to dunk the ball like multiple times. And LeBron is under the basket. And so it just like hits him in the face a bunch. And that made me laugh out loud. Um, there's an Iverson mention, which was cool. Mm-hmm. And my, and then 
I don't want to spoil the best part of the movie, so I won't. But it's just really one giant ad for Warner Brothers. Um, <clears throat> a lot of weird, like, Warner Brothers products and, like, properties all over the movie. Like, I didn't need to see, like, cartoon LeBron in Harry Potter world, but I did. Um, That's so funny. It's, like, very strange. It's, it's like not... con, yeah. It really is. Um, LeBron is a better actor in Trainwreck than he is in Space Jam 2. He was good in Trainwreck. And I thought he would be the same because he played himself in both movies, but he's not great in Space Jam 2, but I liked him in Trainwreck, so that, those yeah. are my thoughts. How did uh, future Sixer Damian Lillard do in the movie? I heard he was in it. Um, he was in it, so I was, I'm was i obligated to like the movie. Um, he is the the sixth man on the, the I think they're called the goons I think that was like the new monsters um okay. his like superpower was he was chronos and he could slow down time you know same time <laughs> um and he was like this cool robot it was pretty he was pretty cool I don't know Dame's pretty cool there was a there's right. a Dame song in the in the soundtrack too oh, and wow. Jonas Brothers song like a so song like, he performed he doesn't perform it in the like as Kronos, but he there's like a Dame. It's on the soundtrack. Dame, a Dame Dollar rap on. Gotcha, on gotcha, gotcha. Yes, yes, yes. Love it. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Wonderful job, uh, all three of us on this episode. Um, uh, good to see you guys. Uh, we'll probably come up with enough bullshit to do another green room uh, this week, uh, sometime this week, and uh, and we'll let you know when that's happening. But anyway, follow. The podcast, follow Third and Girl, follow everybody. Oh, uh, one other thing. You. I have one other thing. Sorry, but we do love you. If anyone has any good ideas for guests or people that they want us to try and get oh, on yeah. the podcast, tweet at, at Gastro Blues Pod and let us know. Um, we'll try and use our minimal connections and Twitter follows to get who you guys want to hear on the podcast. Yeah. Great, great point. We'd love to uh, have some fun sort of outside the box people on the podcast uh, in the off season. So yeah. All right. uh, I'm done now. As soon as they unhack the Liberty Ballers account, we'll be able to. uh, And we're really cooking. Yep. (laughs) Fucking golf science is everywhere. Good seeing you guys. Have a good one. Oh my God.